This morning, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to follow up from last week's gospel reading and this week's gospel reading. Jesus, in this passage, is teaching us a lot of different things, but I think the, the main point that he's trying to get across to us is the importance and the way that we can judge wisely. Judge wisely, I, I really think, with discernment and wisdom. Judging with discernment and wisdom, that's kind of the point of the Lord's teaching, both last Sunday's Gospel reading and this Sunday's Gospel reading. Um, we have a tendency as human beings to judge too quickly. So I think the key here in judging with wisdom and judging with discernment is being very careful about judging. It's not, it's not bad to judge, but it's just that you got to be really, really slow about it. you got to suspend judgment. you got to suspend judgment. We have a hard time doing that, I think, because as human beings situated uh, as we are in the human condition, there's a lot of unknowns. Okay, and we actually we don't we think more about the stuff that we know than about the stuff that we don't know. I mean that's inevitable because you know by definition we don't know it. So how can you think about it? All right, but if you just reflect in the abstract, there's it's an infinite amount of things that we don't know, an infinite amount of things that we don't know. And so to kind of we're we're immersed in this kind of uh, ignorance and chaos, so to speak. And so the way that we kind of get control of our life and give ourselves a little bit of sanity is by making judgment calls. But we do it a little bit too quickly in regards to other people's moral actions that we observe, and especially people's actions towards us. We're always judging everybody's intentions and what they really meant by what they said or by what they did, so forth and so on. So. Our Lord is is trying to teach us in last week's gospel when he says, judge not, condemn not. Um, He's teaching us, be careful. Okay, suspend judgment. Suspend judgment. There's a little story I heard a few years ago that I think really is a a powerful illustration of this principle. Uh, There's a guy, uh, we'll name him John, and his his wife, uh, uh, Kelly, and John and Kelly had only one son, one child, had one son. And this son was uh, being given a ride to basketball practice uh, in the wintertime. And uh, so John and Kelly were not the ones driving the car. An accident took place, and it was a really, really serious accident. Uh, their, their son uh, had a serious brain injury, head injury, brain injury. They brought him to the hospital. You know, the parents get called in. They're they're out of their minds with concern for what's going on and whether their son's going to live or die. It's unknown. And the doctors were consulting about what's the best way to go about handling the situation. They needed to consult one of their chief neurosurgeons who who had a, a specialty and expertise that was very rare, and they needed him in here. So they paged him, and he came in. And they needed to consult him before they they uh, did the surgery or did whatever they needed to do. This guy that got paged, he came he came in. He was a little bit late. Um, when he was he, he kind of dealt, you know, John and his wife were there with the doctors, and they could observe this kind of consultant. He kind of dealt things really quickly, almost like uh, he almost seemed like he was a little bit annoyed, and they were really kind of upset with this doctor. Um, his name is Dr. Smith, and um, and then afterwards, Dr. Smith, you know, had a few words for the parents and just seemed really kind of indifferent to their plight. 
I mean, their son could be on the verge of death. And they really felt that this Dr. Smith was just really impersonal. And it's like he wanted to get out of there, like you were kind of annoying him or bugging him. They took a great offense at him, and they were really upset. So uh, actually, though, his consultation was very valuable, and things worked out, and they made the right decision, and their, their child, their son, uh, survived. Uh, but after a few hours, John says, I'm going to go lodge a complaint with the hospital about this Dr. Smith. Who does this guy think he is? You know, I mean, he was really, really upset. Okay, so he goes to lodge the complaint, and they they pull out paperwork and whatnot, and and the nurses they say to him, "Well, here's the paperwork. You're more than willing to to uh, you know make your voice be heard. Um, we'll give you just a little bit of background, maybe to kind of put things in context uh, when it comes to Dr. Smith. Um, he has this certain kind of special specialty or this expertise, and he's the only one in the whole area of the capital city, where whatever state this was in, that has that expertise. So he's actually on call 24/7, and he's been on call 24/7 for the past six years. And so when we paged him, he was he had to um, he was at uh, calling hours at a funeral home, and the calling hours uh, was for his own son, who had just died few days ago in a car accident. So that's why he wanted to get back to the calling hours. Um, so John and, and Kelly really just changed their whole perspective on what was just, what had just transpired. And they actually decided to go to the funeral the next day and, and thank Dr. Smith for the, for the um, consultation that he had given that actually had saved their son's life. So you get a little story like that, and you just you, you come to understand it's an illustration of how you just don't know what people are dealing with and what the different factors are in their lives um, that might be influencing their behavior. And so don't judge, don't condemn. That, that's kind of a, a little simple story or a little simple illustration of that principle. In today's gospel, Jesus says. Um, Remove the wooden beam first from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly enough to remove the, the speck from your from your brother's eye. And uh, so what he's advising us to do is first clean up your own room before you go into other people's houses and start, you know, criticizing you know the, the condition of the, of their of their rooms. And uh, this reminds me of a little um, fable. It's retold. It's kind of based on some ancient pagan fables, but it's retold by La Fontaine, who is a famous 18th century French uh, author. And it goes like this. You know, one day Jupiter, Jupiter being the, the pagan god, who's the creator god in this case, he's made all the wild animals of the forest. And so he calls all the wild animals together and he says, okay, guys, you know, I, I know I'm not perfect. Um, and probably some of you have got some complaints about how I made you. So uh, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to let your voice be heard, and uh, I'll see what I can do to kind of fix you up if, if you want some fixing up. So uh, now the first and most obvious animal that probably needs a little bit of fixing up and who's a little bit resentful about how he was made is the monkey. So monkey, come forward and tell us you know, what we can do for you. The monkey comes forward and says, What? What are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with me. i got four legs just like every, every other animal in the forest. But let me tell you what, I'll tell you who's got some serious work to do. It's the bear. Now, that guy's got some serious issues. I mean, his ears are tiny, his tail is weird, and he's really, he's kind of big and unshapely, don't you think? 
Well, so the bear comes up and the bear says, wait a second, hold on. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. You know who's got to really lose the weight? It's the elephant. So he points the finger at the elephant. And the elephant right away says, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Have you seen the whale? Okay. All right. The whale changes the topic and points his finger to the ant and says, this guy's way too tiny. The ant says, I'm just right. Have you seen the mite? And he points his finger at the mite. At, that, at some point here, Jupiter throws up his hands and he says, okay, seeing as you're all perfect, I guess I don't have any other work to do, so I'm going to leave you all alone. All right. So this is, this is about animals, but it's really about human nature. It's about us. And uh, we're quick to, to point the finger and to notice the flaws in others and not, not so much the flaws in ourselves. Uh, the, the fable ends with a really great saying that, again, goes back to Aesop, and I've seen it actually repeated in certain uh, traditions in, in the Christian tradition, is that uh, when God made us, he's got, he gave us two baskets. One basket we have, we hold in front of us, and the other one is like on our back. Okay, and uh, we put the faults, we put our own faults in the one on our back, and we put other people's faults in the one on our run, one in front of us. So, <laughs> so I think what is it? Humility is. Why don't we reverse those? You know, why don't we reverse those baskets? Okay, and start focusing our own faults and not noticing the faults of our neighbors, and just clean up. Now there comes a time though where if we have focused on our own faults and we've got our house cleaned up, or at least we're in the process of cleaning it up, it's a lifelong endeavor. We can then go maybe and, and help out others and we'll have the ability to see clearly. You know, Jesus doesn't say don't judge absolutely at all. In fact, his advice today in the gospel presupposes the ability to make a, a wise judgment call because he says, you know, first get the plank out of your eye, then you'll see clearly. Okay, then you'll be able to judge with accurate judgment so as to be able to help your neighbor. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, the, the opposite end of judging is, oh, I don't judge anybody or anything and everything's okay and hey, each to his own and anybody can do whatever they want. And really oftentimes that kind of laissez-faire attitude is really a cloak for lack of charity. But you really just don't care about your neighbor, okay? You're just concerned with your own life. And, and so you're open-minded, you know, really in the name of just who cares and I don't have any love in my heart or concern for others. Um, there's two sayings here that I'll share with you that I like uh, about open-mindedness. Okay, so G.K. Chesterton, a famous Catholic author from the 20th century, says, Merely having an open mind is not really that impressive. The whole point of opening the mind as of opening the mouth is to shut it again on something solid. Okay, And then I like this other one, it's a little shorter. Keep an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. <laughs> so, after we've, we've done the necessary self-improvement and self-correction in love, we can go to those in our life that we really care about, especially our children, Okay, our family members, siblings, parents, maybe... Uh, friends, co-workers, especially if we're in a position of authority and, we, and we're responsible for the well-being of others like a teacher. Okay, And it's from there, from that position, that we, in, in true charity, can go and speak to the person directly, not behind their back, right, because that's not going to help anything, but you speak to that person and say, you know, I'm concerned about X, Y, and Z, 
and uh, and then you, and then you maybe offer correction, and uh, in that way, with with charity and with judge uh, with with wisdom, we can make a good judgment call, and we can maybe help someone out. I think that's what Christ is teaching us um, in our gospel today.